Hello and welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and loathe from a queer perspective. I'm Jade, here for the story, Rose. And I'm Hamish, here for the food, Steel. And <laughs> this is our attempt at a Christmas special, a festively plump episode of our show. It is officially the season. Like everyone's changing their Twitter URL handle, so nobody knows who anybody is anymore. Um, it's great. We're all checking. We're all making lists and checking them twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also are debating mm. the uh, what constitutes festive media. Yes, um, and I think it's part as being part of. The 21st century Christmas is not only tied to traditional traditions, but also the tradition of uh, consuming our favourite films and TV shows. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Um, but first of all, just yeah. a question. Do you mm-hmm. like Christmas? I do. I do. Like, I find some of the culture surrounding Christmas to be a little exhausting. Um but I'm, I don't get agitated the way a lot of people seem to. Um, like, oh, the Christmas decorations are up already. It's just like, I like seeing the Christmas decorations. I like the vibe that comes. I do forget what people talk about, about getting fatigue. And mm. I think for a lot of people, maybe Christmas is an incredibly stressful time or an upsetting time, and I get that. I also get the stressful part and the expensive part. But I like sparkly lights being up in windows i like food i like mm. giving presents and getting presents so yeah, yeah. I, I i really really like christmas um, yeah i wasn't gonna bother asking you because you're very vocal <laughs> no. in your opinion about christmas uh but the thing is it does come with a complete understanding i think mm-hmm. it's a time when everyone's made to think about family um often that's not a nice feeling for people um, particularly our kind of people. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't, this, this advice isn't universal, but something I think is really, uh, but I think what Christmas is truly about. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, quite a few friends who can't go and see their family and they create their own traditions. And, um, a friend, one friend in particular used to, uh, hate Christmas um, and then seemingly got visited by three ghosts in the night. <laughs> and, uh, no, but she um, started her own traditions and she no longer feels the pressure to go to family stuff out of obligation, but instead created their own family. Um, mm. And I'm almost kind of envious of it now because I, I do go to see my, <laughs> my parents and it's really nice, but... Um, and I think that's also part of getting into um, a relationship as well as you start mm-hmm. to make your own traditions and yeah, you end up having two families tr- Christmas, what they consider Christmas to be having to merge and kind of yeah um, uh, compensate for each other. So yeah. I don't know. I think it, it, to me, it fills me with lots of nice feelings. Um, mm. And I think it's, uh, in a lot of cases, if you don't like Christmas, it is possible to start again in a way. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, uh, it's this time of year. Like, 
what I like is that midwinter festivals, a lot of the major religions have them. Obviously, you've got Hanukkah and I think is it Eid that's right around this? No, it's a different one. I'm the worst. <laughs> Look, it's been a really long time since I've done <clears throat> any kind of religious education where I learned about those things. But what I mean is like even the old festivals, um, yeah. like the old pagan festivals, it's about coming together with people to say, yeah, we're in the middle of winter, but we are together and we'll get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, there, there's power in that, regardless of um, your faith or lack thereof. I definitely think there's there's something about finding being with your people, if you can. like Make your own traditions, even if that tradition is like, I don't know, make a pizza and like put a movie you like on the TV. Mm. Like... Take a t- time for yourself if you can, but I mean, some people have to work and that's fine. Actually, a, a nice um, a, th- a point of uh, a recommendation I have is um, uh, Gabriel, the tea beast of beastly beverages who we've had on the show before. And obviously we talk about every episode has been doing Vlogmas mm-hmm. um, and did an episode specifically about uh Christmas alone and the things you can do. And it's really good. And it's just sort of from his experiences. Um, and yeah, even, you know, about making those traditions and about indulging and mm-hmm. doing what you want to do. Um, yeah. And being with who you want to be with. Um, it's actually kind of interesting because from an American perspective, they obviously have Thanksgiving, which is the same kind of mm. uh, bringing family together so close to Christmas, which I guess is kind of confusing, but now as I've grown up, I understand why you might want two different family things because mm-hmm. often families are quite divided or yeah, you have to decide who are we going, uh, you know, over yeah. here we, we're always like, oh, who, where are we having Christmas this year or something like that. But um, Yeah. I am, um, before we get into some of our more discussiony points, like a few years ago, uh, this was our, um, my sister and I, obviously Amber, who's uh, been on the show, um, our mum was living abroad at the time mm. and our uh, dad had uh, not long died. And we decided that what we would do is always have Christmas with each other if we could. Mm. And we alternate having Christmas dinner, uh, hosting Christmas dinner, and the other one and their respective partner slash family will bring dessert. Mm. And that is how we roll. And that is what we do Christmas Day. And sometimes like um, our stepmom will come to Christmas dinner uh, if she's not seeing her family, uh, if our mum is in the area because uh, she's now back in this country. But often uh, she will visit her, her uh, my stepdad's family. And it mm. works and we really like, and then we've got like Christmas Eve and Boxing Day to to do other family stuff. But the good thing is, well, no, this is what we do. Other people, and the good thing is about being adults, it's like, no, excuse me, uh, we have our Christmas plans. Uh, you hmm. can work with us. Yeah, I, I, we've been, it's been a long time since everyone that I consider part of like the, the family I had as a child have been together because everyone's got partners and they're often around the place. Um mm-hmm. But uh, as long as I have uh, Justin, I suppose, quite often, since I've known him the last few Christmases, there's been the nice period after Christmas when it's just us. Yeah. Like we go back home and neither of us has any obligation to do any work or anything. And that's actually become quite a nice tradition in and of itself. I also Mm -hmm. did spend one Australian Christmas. How was that? Um, It was interesting. 
Um, I still felt Christmassy. It was mostly the food that I found a bit weird because uh, it wasn't kind of like autumnal, fill you up, warm you up food. It was sort of cold plates and sure. a lot of like f- desserts from the fridge and things like that, which was really nice. But um, it, the weird thing I find in Australia is that they don't consider themselves normal. They still put up like they still put snow in all their um, windows, I think, because of media, because of Christmas yeah. movies. They know what Christmas looks like to the rest of the world, and they um, <laughs> kind of make a joke out of it. They also, uh, a lot of them do, do Christmas in, yeah, a lot of them do do Christmas in July, just because that's the only time it might be cold enough to feel like it, but... Um, Oh, I feel like we should briefly go shout out to Australia because of the passing the same gender marriage thing happened since the last time we recorded. Oh yes, so, yes. Um, that's cool. I might shout I might have been living there it. had uh, um it happened earlier. Um but that's really cool news. Hmm. Um it just I just yeah, I, I keep seeing like little bits on them in like social media feeds, just like I think it's now official like the vote was a while back and now it's official and I saw the footage of um, a minister proposing to his partner and it was like, oh, mm. it's very good. It's also been very interesting uh, for dyslexic mm. uh, for dyslexic people because Austria passed it um, about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, thanks guys for doing that at the same time. It does make life a little bit easier. <laughs> Just like, which one? Both. Both, in yeah. fact. Yeah. So, uh, but enough about our specific uh, Christmas traditions. I suppose, or to move to uh, the media part of Christmas Mm. traditions. Um, Because um, a lot of my Christmas memories, like growing up, are always like watching something on the TV. And that feels like such an intrinsic part of like, even if it's like a pre-Christmas party, like it's let's put a movie on or let's put something on. Yeah. Um, we'll, We'll talk about TV shows in our second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but a debate that seems to come around every year, but I've heard it quite strongly this year. Yeah, this was amusing to see it this year because um, we were a, a friendmas last year, and this debate mm. kicked up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's uh, picked up new fever pitch on the what constitutes a Christmas movie yeah. because the debate is whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <sighs> so, Leaving aside, I, I, I feel like maybe we should leave our own position on that particular matter until maybe <laughs> a bit. Yes. Le- like, but the, the whole point is like, because people say, oh, what's your favourite Christmas movie? And people go, oh, Die Hard. And it's just like, hmm. And that, therein lies the debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And I suppose it's, and what, when the argument breaks down is, how do you classify something as a Christmas movie? I... I mean, my personal bias is I find people that say Die Hard is their favourite Christmas movie remind me a lot of the Bacon fandom and mm-hmm. that kind of, I've heard a funny opinion and that's the one I'm going to choose. Whereas, I mean, do you do you really watch Die Hard every Christmas? Does it really fill you with the Christmas cheer? Um, I believe it of Jake Peralta. I do believe a lot of people it does. And I, I think that's part of a Christmas movie is I think if you watch something enough at the mm. right time, it becomes a Christmas movie. Yeah, it has um, that. That It's like um, an example of that, and it's sort of uh, something that's going to come back. Uh, Mary Poppins 
mm. always feels like a Christmas movie to me because it is always on the BBC at Christmas. In America, that's Wizard of Oz. Um, ah. And they really consider that a Christmas movie, whereas it's, to me, it, it's... It's not a Christmas film. No. But it, I, yeah, but I associate <laughs> it. But, I, but we have that, that association is there. Mm. Um, now, whereas, compared to gonna, those, mm-hmm. Die Hard does have a lot more credibility as being a Christmas film and that it does oh, actually sure. feature Christmas. Yeah, I mean, that I think is the crux of a lot of people's argument. Though I think you can make an argument about the themes. Um, mm. I'm not a big enough Die Hard fan. I, I've, I've seen the movie. It's a fun movie. I get why people like it. Um, but it's the setting rather mm. than the content. And I, and I feel like for a lot of people that might be where that line on a Christmas movie versus a movie set at Christmas. Mm. So, I, I mean, this is the first year I've seen people actually debating the themes. It used to be just, it's Christmas because it's at Christmas. But this year I've seen a lot of people actually debating the story of, of mm-hmm. you know, a Scrooge-like character, <laughs> uh, you know, doing going through impossible... Uh, obstacles to be with his family and um <laughs> it, it, it's got to this level i mean ultimately my opinion is yeah kinda i mean if you see films often they have multiple genres and um i you know for die hard i'd say it's an action movie and then i'd say it's got elements of comedy and then mm. I'd say it's got elements of Christmas. And mm. it, it, I, I consider that it's kind of a Christmas movie. But you wouldn't necessarily I, call it a Christmas movie first. It wouldn't be the first thing that you would say about it. No, I think I think to me... But then I think... I, yeah, I mean, I just... There's a lot of films which have multiple genres or categories. There's, you know, it, it, to me it feels like sci-fi where... Mm. The term sci-fi doesn't actually tell you anything about the story. It just tells you the sort of flavouring of it. Agreed. Um, you can have, you know, Galaxy Quest and you can have Interstellar mm. or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. I can. I think that's the same kind of thing where Christmas is the flavouring, whereas I do think there is a very specific actual story mm. uh and I think that's kind of a very Charles Dickens influence kind of Christmas Carol thing where Agreed. a Christmas plot is someone changing their outlook on life through the joy of humanity with jingle bells in the background. Um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful life and things like that. Um, sure. I mean, I think some of my issue with the, Die Hard is a Christmas movie side of the debate mm-hmm. is how absolutist they can be about things. Because I'll say, okay, I accept that Die Hard for you is a Christmas movie. It doesn't feel Christmassy to me, but I get it. It's when those people then turn around to me and say, yeah, but Batman Returns can't be a Christmas movie. And I'm like, I would argue that all the arguments that qualify for Die Hard apply to Batman Returns. Mm. I also feel arguably that, um, the same way about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, mm-hmm. which takes place a lot of it at Christmas and the similar sort of journeys happen. So that's it does, th- th- yeah, those it are where feel, I get on my hill. If somebody gets really it feels like, a little bit like they've pro discovered Die Hard Christmas. Sorry. It feels no, a little no, you bit go, you go. like 
It feels a little bit like they've discovered there's this one film which has Christmas as a theme, but it doesn't actually, it's not actually about Christmas. Whereas actually there's quite a few films like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Die Hard is not my favorite of those films. Sure. <laughs> I think Die Hard's pretty good, but yeah. um, there's a lot of films where Christmas is a small element of it. Um, mm-hmm. Where it informs the plot, but maybe doesn't define it. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, it's not my favorite film, but um, Philosopher's Stone to me feels a lot more Christmassy just because mm. it's got that kind of Christopher Columbus, John Williamsy mm-hmm. vibe. And, you know, there's Christmas trees and people saying Merry Christmas to each other and giving presents, even if it's a small part of the film and people wouldn't tend to say it's a Christmas film. I was going to say, Christopher Columbus likes his Christmas stuff, doesn't he? Because I'm thinking like he's Home Alone (sighs) movies, isn't he? And I mean, when we go to talk about our favourite Christmas movies, which maybe we can. um, Yeah, sure. Are we talking about the ones that are undeniably Christmas movies or sort of the one? I mean, I feel like maybe this is kind of a, given what we were just discussing about how Christmas isn't a genre per se, rather that it's an element of. Let's talk mm. about some of our favourite seasonal movies, be they Christmas set, Christmas themed or not, or they're just maybe on the telly around that time. Well, to me, the ultimate one I have to watch every year, and I haven't watched yet, but I'm we're saving it till nearer the time, to me is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Um, hmm. I don't know why, I... I, I I've heard that the first one generally is the better film, uh, which is true. I don't think either one are masterpieces, but mm-hmm. the, 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 the second one, for some reason, taps into a really specific part of my fantasy life or whatever, which is being alone and being able to do everything you want, but also like being somewhere else. Um, and it's weird because recently I did go on a trip to America on my own and I had an okay time. Um, I liked being there, but actually being alone made it kind of difficult to want to do things. Um, but just to me, New York, New York also just feels like Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I just, to me, New York is always going to be Christmas in the early nineties because of that (laughs) film. Yeah. I mean, um, when I I was in New York for a few days, uh, last year at the beginning of December and like Christmas decorations were starting to come in, Mm -hmm. in places like, and, uh, we went to like the Rockefeller center and like the big Christmas tree was up and it's just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, this is Christmas. And maybe that is because of, um, we've talked before, I think we talked about this at Halloween, how so much media of like from America really influences our perception of things or can't help. It's like cultural osmosis, like things that aren't a thing here still feel very Christmassy, even though they're not an English thing. Yeah. I mean, um, we don't ever get snow (laughs) for Christmas, really. Barely. Um, it, I think that the, the the image of the giant house covered in snow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's I, with Home Alone, every single Christmas song in the book gets played, and in the incidental music. Um, the whole film is about a toy shop at Christmas, and yeah. uh, just the indulgence. Um, Tim Curry's in it, <laughs> of um, course. Have a lovely day. Um, 
<laughs> Cedric, don't count your tips in public. There's an insane guest for a gun. Um, excuse me. You I, are excused. You I never love, really need to apologise for Tim Curry impressions on this podcast. Um, we love you. Uh, yeah, I see. I, I it's one of those like movies I know off off the top of my head, and um, like it, it's so weird. It's so imprinted into my brain that even just the the sound of Macaulay Culkin picking up cookies wrapped in cellophane to me feels Christmassy. Just yeah. that kind of crinkle of the sound. Um, but I mean, it's not. Yeah. That, that that's 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 the one. I can't wait to look I've, <laughs> I've talked about it enough now, but I can't wait to watch it this year. <laughs> yeah. A film that's just occurred to me as a Christmas movie. Uh, really, really is. And it's not a good movie, but mm. it's a movie I own. Is Look Who's Talking Now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a deep look I really love the first Look Who's Talking movie for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons. Um, I, can't, I think I may have possibly been a little bit too young the first time I saw it because there's definitely some gags in it that I did not understand as a child. Um, but Look Who's Talking Now, which for those of you playing the home game, if you're not familiar, is the one where they get dogs <laughs> and one of them is voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to have to re-watch this movie because I'm having... But yeah, there's lots of singing in it and it's very much set at Christmas time. Um, mm. And yeah, like at one point, Kirstie Alley's dressed as an elf. It's a weird mm. movie, guys. <laughs> it's certainly not one of my. Fa- um, to get back to a definite Christmas movie that is one of our uh, traditions, uh, for me, it is uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. That is my ultimate Christmas movie. I watch it every year without fail. I always post the song One More Sleep Till Christmas on Christmas mm. Eve. Without fail, I will put that on all of my social media. But um, my uh, my good friend, Stephanie, who I've known for, uh, oh dear God. <laughs> Sorry, it's just hit me just how long I've known Stephanie. Um, <laughs> she did a, a little tweet thread talking about like the different songs and why they... Um, mean so much to her i'm just gonna like talk about some of the things that she said because she was very uh coherent in a way that i uh so often strive to be she did film studies Mm. she knows what she's talking about she gets media analysis but um because the song like it's a muppet movie um and while we have talked about the genius that is uh brit mckinsey The older uh, the older Muppet movies have got amazing songs. And Michael Caine might not be the best singer in the world. I don't think anyone's going to try to argue with me that he is. <laughs> but he is doing a cracking performance as Ebenezer Scrooge. And the songs in that film are fantastic. And lyrically, like, it's the season of the soul in December. Oh, the whole thing about... Oh, it's just that movie is such a love letter to Christmas. Um, I mean, you could get into the whole thing about how uh, A Christmas Carol, the the story actually established a lot of things. Like, I think it established mm-hmm. the phrase Merry Christmas. So I, I could be wrong, but it definitely established a lot of things in sort of like the popular canon of what Christmas is. Yeah. Or, or certain Christmas traditions. And but just like, that time period did as mm, well. Yeah. Um, the royal Obviously, family being all mm-hmm. German and bringing over all these traditions from... Mm, Old like, European pagan festivals. Yeah, like big ash trees indoors and stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, was, um, if you want to know the measure of a man, you simply count his friends. It's just like, there's some potent shit right there. Like, 
Uh, and I mean, a, it, it, it's uh, we very we do not coordinate our ti- opening titles on this show very often, which is why we <laughs> so often laugh at each other. But for this, I had to say to Hamish, 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 please, can we do this bit from Muppets <laughs> Christmas Carol? It's it's a film I I am bitter about having. I watched it quite late in life, oh. um, so it didn't imprint on me. But it's undeniably a like a masterpiece, and I think the the reason why it's so great is it's utter respect for the source material and it's not a parody. It's just a great adaptation of puppets. Um, and Michael Caine isn't doing a comedy version of Scrooge cause he's in a Muppet movie. He's giving it his all. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I really appreciate about Muppet movies generally is that how seriously the acts in them take the Muppet co-stars Mm. They don't act like they're acting with puppets. They're yeah. acting with. I mean, that's I, even like it goes as far as the opening credits. Like they don't have. They don't list the puppeteers in the same way. Or in the. It's like Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit. <laughs> because they're not themselves like they have been in other Muppet movies. They're playing yeah. characters, which is uh, yeah. I, I've said before on this show, but. The great, the great Gonzo as Charles Dickens remains to be one of my favourite things that has ever happened in media. Because <laughs> literally, he, you know, he presents himself as Charles Dickens, and the way Rizzo just looks at him and just goes, "You're not Charles Dickens." It's just, <laughs> yeah, I can quote so much of the Muppets Christmas Carol. Like, wrote it's uh, mm. there's that great scene in the school that I have to say, it's just like where Sam the Eagle's playing the schoolmaster and he just has this like, she's like, it's the American way, and like Gonzo comes over with Sam, Sam, it's it's England, it is the British way. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I just like, I like fourth wall breaking humor, mm. so but gags it's like it's just, that really get me. I just can't get over how like legitimate it is, all the, the ghosts. Are creepy. Yeah, because they they were original character creations. Because mm. I believe um, Muppets Christmas Carol was the first Muppet movie that Brian Henson directed rather than Jim. Mm. And um, it just feels like such a love letter to Christmas, but to the Muppets as well. And But yeah, like The Ghost of Christmas Present is an amazing creation. Like I look at it going, <clears throat> I, I want to hug that puppet. Sorry, Muppet. Muppets and puppets are diff- is a very is a very important distinction between puppets and muppets. Well, it's not quite a mop. It's not, <laughs> not quite, quite a puppet. A puppet but but <laughs> <laughs> what to was the question? question? I don't know. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to start thinking about that scene. Muppets do Camelot, and we need to not get we we cannot fall into a into a Simpsons quicksand pit. One it's of too- my most quoted Simpsons lines that I say all the time is "Come, piggy." Back to Hamelot. Um, anyway. Uh, and hand uh, that swine, you sweet. No, so you, look talk- what you've done. Look what you've done to me. If we're actually going to talk about Simpsons and Christmas in the second half. Mm. Um, but before we do, are yes. there any Christmas, are there any films that you associate with Christmas which have absolutely nothing to do with Christmas? Um, I already mentioned Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. That's that's a definite one for me. Um Man, I'm trying to think. Um, There's one I tend to want to watch around this time of year. Yeah, um, and it's not actually that deep. Why I watch it? Mm-hmm. I I watch home. I watch Adam's Family Values a lot, and I think it's because it's a Thanksgiving movie, and we don't do Thanksgiving. 
So sure. I kind of, I see a lot of the gifts and things mm. of people yeah. posting stuff. And then I'm like, oh, I should watch that. And I only get around to it about Christmas. But we've done that so many times that to me now it's a Christmas movie, even though it's mostly about summer camp. I feel that. I have to say, like, one of, uh, this is for our, more for our listening audience, one of my favourite memories slash moments of friendship with Hamish is being sat at your place and us watching uh, Adam's Family Values together for the first time and both of us quoting it constantly throughout. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh yeah, if, if, if our friendship hadn't been very solidified by that point, I feel that would have done it. My three monologues I'd do if I was auditioning are either Gomez's... Um, monologue in the police station i have seen horror you know, the um, fact, yeah the fact that that's too nathan lane of all people is just fantastic i'd either do that one yeah. or i'd do um wait we cannot break bread with you um, <laughs> it's so or good. i'd do malibu barbie oh, like that whole scene is, is a, that whole movie is a gift filled with amazing monologues it's a um, it's a great film yeah, yeah. <sighs> we actually want to cosplay the um yeah the, the, is it us the 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 camp camp chippewa counselors yeah counselors. Uh, becky and martin granger mm. no it might uh, something like martin might be a middle uh, somebody said but it's definitely Be- Be- becky just like <laughs> I think you and Andy talked about it. Oh, yeah. Canoes, canoes, canoes. I could very much easily do it as well. But yeah, Christine Bukinski and, oh, I forget the actor's name. I want to say, no, but he's in like Ghostbusters too. Yeah, well. yeah. He's always fun when he shows up in things. It's just like, it's just like <laughs> well, when Wednesday starts ripping into his script and he just looks so crushed. It's just like, don't we wish they would just die? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Um, yeah, the the perfect and wonderful um it, and awful yes uh, uh but somebody, yeah that's a, yeah yeah that, that yeah now i'm just gonna say joan cusack let her play villains more because she's just when she's getting to choose scenery she is <sighs> she's so good in that movie i just love the brand of character you have to create to make a villain to the adams family because they yeah. have to be such a representation of normality that it mm. c- makes them their own brand of mm. kind of horrifying. Yeah. Um, it's it's fantastic. It's such a good choice in those movies of just making the Adams family the relatable normal ones, rather mm-hmm. than making all the humour about how strange they are. Exactly. I'm trying to think if I've got any other movies that I heavily associate with that time of year that aren't really Christmas films, but I'm just like such a movie junkie. I think just a lot of Disney watching, but not all Disney mm-hmm. movies, but definitely watching disney films like it's a weird little thing that the opening little stinger like the title card for disney the ding like the sound of like almost stars lighting up feels so very christmasy to me Mm. but i think it's just because i have that heavy association with watching disney movies at christmas and also getting disney oh this is my age vhs disney movies (laughs) for christmas yeah, that's that's my childhood as well. Yeah, I know, um, but like get, getting them and unwrapping the new video, like before, mm. yeah, it's good. Um, I can't <laughs> think. What's the most Christmassy Disney film? Then are there any that? Um, Nightmare Before Christmas is isn't is kind oh. of owned by Disney. That's the debate. Is that a Christmas or a Halloween film? When should you watch it? You should watch it 
on a weekly basis starting at <laughs> Halloween <laughs> up till Christmas. Okay, agreed. Yeah, but um, it is, it, it, it's Halloween characters at Christmas. Like, it's them... Uh, we should talk... The Nightmare Before Christmas is one of the best explorations of what exactly cultural appropriation is and seeing it mm. in action that I think mm. exists, full stop. But uh, I, I love that movie. I think it's, I think, it's great. Um, Beauty and the Beast feels quite Christmassy just because the amount of snow that's in it. Mm. Um, but weirdly, I think Aladdin feels Christmassy to me because it feels quite pantomime Mate, Yeah, um, I was going to say, Aladdin's... I mean... We could get into pantomime and how that's one of the most ridiculously British things. <laughs> that, that that requires its own episode. That does require its own episode. But or I, we should just do a box not included panto. <laughs> don't I've had like you know I've got like a G Doc tucked away full of like yes. ideas for a panto. Um, oh dear, but um, hmm. I suppose you, I don't know if, um, if Frozen ping. I've still not seen Frozen, but. Again, with that whole association with winter and ice and snow. Yes, I suppose. It's weird. It, it, to me, uh, I guess it's it's probably very Christmassy to a lot of kids. I guess I'm sure. too old for it to imprint on my Christmas tradition. Um, uh, it's it's fine. It's also, <laughs> the, <laughs> the film's set in, like, summer anyway. Uh, see, I wouldn't know. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's about it being icy and to me because the ice is part of a problem it doesn't really okay feel that's, quite that's but again then one of the characters is a snowman so i am not gonna this is not the hill i'm gonna die on yeah no if it, <laughs> yeah I, I i can't comment i haven't seen it uh yeah i feel like um i feel like we could uh i want to make a let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some snacks <laughs> kind of vibe right now um let's cozy up by the fire with a nice hot drink oh that was much more smoothly done well done it's intermission it's the middle of the show this is the time when you've gorged on all the christmas uh splendor Mm, and you're but struggling to sit up. <laughs> you're struggling to sit up, but um, your favourite film hasn't come on yet, and you're kind of waiting around. And it's like, is it okay to go on? Is to like look on your phone on Christmas? Do I still have to talk to these people? But you've still got a lot more Christmas to come. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you for guys. listening. Um, I hope this is getting you in a festive mood, no matter yeah. what you celebrate or what your traditions are. Or even if you uh, don't like celebrating anything, I hope that this has maybe brought you a little bit of joy. Yes. Um, if your Christmas tradition is watching Alien 3 and eating a Chinese takeaway, please let us know, because that sounds great. That does sound great. I would do that. <laughs> um, we would like to thank also Beastly Beverages. As always, fandom and fantasy luxury, hand-blended loose-leaf tea and tea-related paraphernalia. Uh, the business is queer-owned, all ingredients are organic, fairly traded, and nigh on everything is vegan. Even the stickers are vegan. I don't know how you would make stickers not <laughs> vegan. But You'd be surprised. That's true. Um, that's true. And on the website at com, there is a little tab on the side for Christmas with a plethora of... Uh, treats, Christmas-related teas, and 
prints and tote bags and cards and all kinds of things. I was going to say the Christmas cards feature some of your favourite queer pairings, which is just awesome. Including Mm. Gomez or Morticia Adams, who I've just talked about. So obviously other people consider Mm. them a Christmas couple. Relationship goals. Um, but also on the list is a flowering tea Christmas bauble. This thing is amazing and I really want one. Uh, basically it's, um, a really good little size and it's, uh, flowering tea. Um, you get two little hand sewn tea balls, uh, within, um, a plastic bauble filled with a food safe, uh, glittery snow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's green tea uh, with lily, jasmine, and osmanthus blossoms. These things are really pretty to watch. Like, I don't think know whether I'd, I'd drink one, but I would buy one to watch the t- the blossom just kind of unfurl in the water. They're amazing. Mm. But they, they, these things look super pretty, and they would look awesome on your Christmas tree. And also, this is the time of year where you can obviously be buying things for presents. Um, one Good year little stocking you got, filler. You, one year you got me a jar of. Um, hot chocolate mixture that you've yep, made I and did. it was amazing it was a lovely present and you've got me a few kind of drinky things before and they're really nice because they last a while and bring you joy when you need them so tea and anything from bc beverages would make a very lovely present i think there's just something about this time of year that's nice about curling up with a hot drink like yeah with somebody you like or alone in front of a movie or a tv show it's just it's cozy it's nice um, so if you want to uh, get some of these treats, mm. um, go to beastlybeverages.com. They also have a Patreon, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and if you use the sponsor code BEVERAGEBEAST, all one word, capital letters on beverage and beast, uh, you can get free shipping when you spend £20 or more, and they ship worldwide. But this but. is important, guys. The last shipping day for Beastly Beverages is December 15th. So if you want to get yourself or somebody else, a loved one, uh, something amazing from this awesome creator, you need to do so before December the 15th so you can get shipped to you in time. But uh, yes. Beastly, I mean, And Beastly Beverages ships worldwide. So And uh, look, you're going to get it free if you spend £20 or more. <laughs> so get on the website, yo. You'll have, uh, when this episode goes out, you'll have four whole days with which... <laughs> To go buy yourself some tea or somebody else some tea. Give it a look. I'm sure there's a few people who've uh, listened to our show for many, many episodes and have heard this bit, um, but haven't actually just gone to have a look. And I think there's fun things to look at, even if um, you're not a tea person per se. Um, Definitely. Something else I wanted to give a brief shout out as another idea for a Christmas treat for one of your friends Mm -hmm. or for yourself um is spectrum the debut album from glitter wolf or wolf um which we've talked about before but now i have actually listened to mm-hmm. and i was saying before we started isn't it nice when a friend has done an album and you don't have to pretend that you love it <laughs> <laughs> i have listened to this it, it like i've been doing a lot of work at the moment so i'm plowing through seasons of TV shows and musical soundtracks, whatever. I'm on my rotation is typing this in, getting and listening to this. And I've to the point where I just completely forget I have any tenuous association with them. It's such a good album. I've, I really love it. It really is um, fantastic. Well, (laughs) I, I'm, I have generally no shame about 
plugging my friends efforts um this is such an amazing album to listen to if you're into synth wave or just you're nostalgic for the 80s in mm. any way shape or form it's it's really great like i've been uh throwing it out towards uh some of my friends who run like cyberpunk games and things like that and everyone's like yes yeah i mean i didn't i didn't quite know what synth wave meant but basically if you like any of the music that could easily slot in to the soundtrack of a Stranger Things episode or... Or Thor Ragnarok. Uh, or Thor Ragnarok. It's that kind of uh, vibe. And um, I don't know, it's really great. A lot of it's really inspired me while working. Yeah. Um, um, but you can uh, find that on uh, glitterwolf.bandcamp.com. You can find it on Google Play, on iTunes. Um, when you search for Glitter Wolf, it does have one of those w- weird little lines through the O, which is why we pronounce it Glitter Wolf. It's not just us being cute. It's not just us being cute. But I think if you just search Glitter Wolf spelt normally, or as you might imagine it spelt, uh, you will find it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's really good. Have you finished your beverage? I have indeed finished my beverage. Let's, I've uh, got a few little marshmallows left, but... I can finish those on the way back to uh, the studio. (laughs) So, Christmas TV specials. Yeah. The phenomena. The phenomena. Um, I think there's a slight difference Mm. in how TV is consumed in America and the UK around Christmas because a lot of TV shows end um, for the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they don't really get an opportunity to uh, do Christmas on the show um, unless they're specifically a special. Um, but they seem to be a bit rarer. And definitely in the UK, we give things Christmas specials that probably shouldn't have them. <laughs> uh, I We're going to talk about Doctor Who in a minute, but there's 13 Doctor Who Christmas specials. Sheesh which is a lot. There's not even that many seasons. And the idea that something like The X-Files or Star Trek would have 13 Christmas specials is really funny. (laughs) But for some reason, with Doctor Who, it's fine. And that they can, every year, keep coming up with ways to tenuously link Christmas to a plot. Often badly, because the Christmas specials on Doctor Who vary in their quality quite significantly <laughs> it's very rare for somebody to turn around and say that their favorite doctor who episode is one of the christmas ones yes they also um, now have an association often with uh, a newly regenerated or regenerating doctor uh in new who because it's a good transitional point yeah th- that's the weird thing is that a christmas special is often seen as a disposable oh you don't really need to watch it kind of thing but quite a lot of the time, the most important moment in the series has been the Christmas special. Mm. Um, and I know for some American fans, this has been um, a sore point because uh, in the early days, um, I know my uh, my friend Lydia, they didn't get the Christmas special. So uh, Christopher Eccleston changed into David Tennant. And then the next time we saw them rose was totally fine with it and they were just sort of off to new new earth and they didn't do any of the you know introduction or character development so oh man that's jarring i think uh they've got a bit better now i think everyone knows the christmas specials are an important part of doctor who i do wonder how long they'll continue it wouldn't surprise me if you know chris chibnall or another 
showrunner was just like, I don't want to write a Christmas episode every year. I think um, um, because, and this comes back to what we were saying about um, movies in the first half. Um, I don't know whether it's like finding ways to tie a story or a show that maybe does not have anything really to do with the themes. I mean, I think Doctor Who's kind of an exception because Doctor Who a lot of the time is about like the good of humanity Hmm. and like what we can do and the good things we can achieve and the people that mean things to us. Hmm. So, I mean, I feel like... My favourite Doctor Who Christmas special, and I cannot even remember what it was called, um, but it's the one, um, despite my issues with the actor now, it's the one with Craig. Um, and I'm trying to think if that's even a Christmas special, because I know I, I don't have, think that's. I don't that, think that's a Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, is that just an episode set at Christmas rather than it being a Christmas special? Okay. I don't even think it's set at Christmas. No, he's no, in two. there's no, there's definitely one because um, the doctor's working at, like a shop, and I thought it was like Christmas time because oh. it, it's Maybe. it's the episode that ends because uh, this because Eleven is my favourite Doctor, mm-hmm. and it's the one where he turns up at the Pond's house at the end of the episode. And that's a, I think that's a different episode. Oh, that make because I know there are two episodes with Craig. There's the lodger yeah. and then there's the one with the baby. Mm. Um, that's just a normal episode then. Either way, it's set at but Christmas. But that, but that is interesting because but, um, yeah. even if so, it isn't a Christmas <laughs> episode, it's, you still associate it with Christmas. But the thing is, like, the end of the episode, like, uh, he turns up at uh, the Pond's house and, like, Amy's wearing a Christmas jumper and she mm. squirts him with a water pistol. And uh, she's just like, come on, come on in, we've got an ugly Christmas jumper for you. It's just like, mm. and it's like, we always set a place for you at Christmas. Mm. And then my heart goes, and the Eleven is crying a little bit. And it just makes me very happy because I am shipper trash amongst other things. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. Um, There's, um, so there you go. There's a thing that annoys me. Like, because that whole episode with like Craig and the baby um, <laughs> is really, I like that episode. I like that episode. I'm remembering it, and I like that episode a lot. And I feel that maybe did a better job of being Christmassy than <laughs> the Christmas episodes. Well, Christopher Eccleston doesn't really have a Christmas special, but there's no. still the episode where he meets Charles Dickens at Christmas in the snow, and that, That's that true. feels almost more Christmassy than some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, some of them don't even attempt to be Christmassy. I think I can't. I can can't really remember last year's one about the superhero. I can't even remember if I watched it. Oh god, yeah, but, that's what that one was. Uh, you know, that wasn't that didn't try and be too Christmassy. But um, I actually really like no. the one with. Um, I mean, they did an actual Christmas Carol episode. Um, yes, with Michael Gambon and. That's good. I quite like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're the the highlight. I'm looking forward to this one. Yes, um, for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's been we've 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 basically had Peter Capaldi's sad regeneration story, and now we just get to have a bit of. I mean, I'm sure it'll be sad, but bit of a um, romp. A little bit of a romp, um, and. Uh, we get to see Jodie Whittaker, and apparently she does get a bit more screen time than most Ooh, uh, incumbent doctors have. Because I, I think because we don't get to see her season until like autumn, mm, they want a bit of you know a little bit more for us to go on. 
Um, so that's exciting. It's something, mm. it, it, it used to be a thing I think about all year, oh, what's going to be in the Doctor Who Christmas special? Whereas now it's a kind of, oh, that's on today yeah. feeling. But um, I will say, when we're talking about traditions, I do make time to sit down and watch the Doctor Who Christmas special. Like yeah. uh, I said about me and my sister um, have this tradition with us and it is Casey that I'll be going home or I have this problem. I say a problem. I have this glaring personality flaw <laughs> where I would just like, everybody needs to shut up because we are watching the thing I want to watch now. <laughs> mm. And I've been doing um, that since I was very small. It's actually one of the things my mum always asks on Christmas, just sort of what time's Doctor Who? When do we have to eat? And when do we have to have things done by? And all that stuff. Excellent. It does become part of the schedule. I do yeah. I do tend to watch it alone with my brother or Justin now, but mm. I got very embarrassed when uh, it was the <laughs> end of time. And the only thing people knew about Doctor Who is that it was Hamish's favourite show. And I remember us all sitting around and watching like... The, the master resurrection scene with all the potions of life and all the hammy acting and oh, all the Murray Gold going all guns blazing. <laughs> and I was just a little bit embarrassed. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think Doctor Who gets silliest at Christmas. Yeah. All of its, everything it is, is Dialed turned up. up to 11. Yeah. I think that's true with a lot of like, at least how we do Christmas specials in the UK. Um, we were talking before we started recording um, soap operas in the UK. I've got mm. a really good habit of bad things happen at Christmas. Like, I think actually, somebody inevitably dies at Christmas on the soap. And things mm, like that. Um, I actually listened to a Doctor Who podcast called This Week in Time Travel. Mm-hmm. And they did, and it's all hosted by Americans. Um, okay. Apologies to any Canadians part of the crew. I'm sorry. Um, if if they are. Um, and they did, a, this last few months, they've reviewed every Doctor Who Christmas special. Um, and it's very interesting because they talk about Voyage of the Damned and oh, yeah. with the Titanic. And they said, this isn't Christmassy at all. So many people die. It's a disaster movie. And I'm thinking... That's very UK at Christmas. That's very UK Christmas. What we want to see in Christmas is a lot of people die. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, that just reminds me now of the whole thing where it's become established in the UK of Doctor Who canon, is yeah. that like people leave the city during Christmas, like it's abandoned because <laughs> bad things inevitably happen in London at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I love that sort of world building. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, to, I think to us, and definitely to Russell T. Davies, who wrote the episode, mm. watching the Poseidon Adventure at Christmas is probably a very distinct memory and a very Christmassy thing. Like, sure. again, in in the UK, James Bond films are always put on at Christmas. Yes. Um, I think we have, you know, it's it's like if Doctor Who is an American show and they did a Wizard of Oz Christmas episode and we'd all be a bit, okay, interesting choice, but yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah. That's Doctor Who. It 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 long may it be part of the Christmas yeah. tradition, be they good or bad. Um, one thing we um, it's less um, a, a, a TV special in this regard, mm. but it is sort of like I like a very Christmassy episode, um, mm. which is great with the long running shows. Um, now, as we have established on numerous occasions, this is not a Simpsons podcast. <laughs> However. The Simpsons it's are very close to being one. It is. Um, the Simpsons are really good at um, Christmas for a show where time doesn't really pass properly. They've mm. managed to get quite a lot of Christmas episodes in, um, but 
uh, which people are probably aware, but the first proper episode of The Simpsons, the first, what is it, 22-minute episode, is a Mm. Christmas episode. It's Simpsons roasting on an open fire, and Mm. it's set at Christmas. Uh, Homer is having to work as a a mall Santa uh, to get extra money because they haven't gotten the Christmas bonus um, at the plant because Mr. Burns is evil, as we know, and he goes... He takes a sure bet. What he's they go to the racetrack because the money he's got isn't enough because it was less than they expected, and they place the bet on a different dog rather than the surefire thing. Homer decides to place the bet on a dog called Santa's Little Helper because it's Christmas. Like it's going to be a Christmas mm. miracle. Miracles happen at Christmas. We have no money, so we're going to bet on this dog called Santa's Little Helper, and something good will happen. And they lose the bet, but uh, they get the dog. Mm. And that is the episode. And they come home with this greyhound, Santa's little helper, who is a part of the Simpsons from then onwards. And like Homer at the end of the episode to Marge is like, I'm sorry, this isn't what I wanted to do. And she's just like, this is the best gift you could give us at Christmas. Mm. And it's just, it's, (laughs) do you remember when Simpsons was really good? This is the first episode. It's a, it's one of those things where it feels like a Christmas special because it feels like it's an hour long. When it, You told a very um, brief summary, but mm. in that episode, we also have Homer uh, being a mall Santa. We have Bart getting a tattoo. Oh my God, that's that episode. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's why have, they have no money, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many elements that, they, that starts with a Christmas talent show. Um, mm-hmm. Homer goes out like he steals a Christmas tree. Oh my God, yes. Um, there's so much in it. It almost makes me think it can't be 22 minutes, but then that's the joy of The Simpsons is that mm-hmm. they cram so much in. And um, yeah, it feels very Christmassy. Yeah, um, it's such a good episode. And it establishes The Simpsons, sort of, it makes them whole. Mm-hmm. It, um, I think the episode starts with Lisa mentioning that snowball one had died and that they got snowball two yeah um so hey there's a little bit of that christmas tragedy (laughs) yeah but that like i think the simpsons does a good job of realizing that christmas is a very stressful time and Mm. there's lots of heightened emotions and it isn't always um you know the simpsons wouldn't do anything where everything just happened perfectly and happy oh god no um so one of my other I think the other Simpsons Christmas special I really, really like is Marge Be Not Proud, mm-hmm. which doesn't need to take place at Christmas, but because it does, it adds a, um, it has a very kind of special quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that episode, Bart uh, shoplifts. And I think actually Christmas is a small part of it because I think it starts with just things look a bit cold. Everyone's in their uh, winter coat designs. In the <laughs> yeah. But um, it does culminate in the fact that uh, it, the story is about how Marge's reaction to Bart shoplifting isn't to be angry. It's to start to treat him as a grown up and to, mm-hmm. there's like a moment where they're all making snowmen and they did it without Bart. Yeah. And he, it, it's, it's just the whole episode is so bleak and sad. And, um, they talked about it on the Simpsons podcast. I listened to everything's coming up Simpsons. <laughs> um, and it was written the, I, I can't remember the names, but it's the, it's a true story. It's the, the writer wrote. Oh, right. 
um, he shoplifted and his mum found out and he had a really awkward Christmas. And I think it's that, like, you know, we love the zany stuff that The Simpsons do, but it's that kind of Mm. rooted in reality that you don't need to know that it's based on a true story. You can tell that everyone in the writer's room contributed. Also, how did your mum react to you when you did something bad? There's a real... um, pathos to the episode mm. like um millhouse gets a copy of of that game and bart goes over <laughs> to play it and it's it's just some genuinely hilarious interactions with millhouse um, but as like bart's being shown out by luan um he's just like can i hang out with you while you do mom stuff and it's Aww. like oh <laughs> like but Bart is such a good, precious little boy. He, yeah. I was gonna, he tries really hard to be the bad boy, but he just isn't. There's something, when the Simpsons, because like you said, there's sometimes only, when you get reminded, oh yeah, these are children. Mm. Like, um, and the thing that Bart does in the episode that gets him back into to Marge's good graces um, because he ruins the family portrait because he's gone into the shop he's not supposed to be in because he's been banned. Mm. Um, but what he, and so the family Christmas portrait is ruined because Marge is like the one thing she wanted was a nice family portrait together. Mm. And the, the, the final touch where like Bart's trying to sneak into the house and she thinks he's taken something else and she's like, oh, give it to me what you've got. And he's gone and got him a little portrait of himself done mm. and it perf. And when they put it on the frame with the rest of it, it perfectly balances the frame and it's just like, <laughs> Oh, it's so good and it's then, so good um, and then uh, Marge lets him open one of his Christmas presents and early. it's the parting game <laughs> you have selected power drive blink ball it's is perfect. in parking lot would you um, like to play again you have selected Mar- no <laughs> Marge is one of those characters who um, when you grow up you realise is one of the best written yeah just characters on television. Like it feels like the entire writer's room gave like kind of put all of their feelings feels. about their mums and like, yeah, everything that their mum did into this pot and created just the most mum of mums. Per- yeah. Like she's so perfect. And everything she says is so accurate. It's- One of my favorite bits in that episode is mm. when her and Lisa are spray painting the tree. Yeah. With fake snow. Yeah. And Lisa's just like, can we stop? This face snow is making me dizzy. It's like, there's just a little bit of green left. <laughs> like, her kind of chipperness. Yeah, like, Marge is a woman who's got her own sort of grief and trauma that she's worked mm. through, but, like, she loves her family and so very much. Yeah. Um, it's not in that episode, but I'm just reminded of the moment, like, Lisa's trying to figure out a science project and Marge's like, you could use this potato. She's like, why do you keep trying to give me potatoes? I just think they're neat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like, here comes the shark attack. (laughs) I told you to watch out. (laughs) Um, Yeah. See, I think that's just a lovely episode. My favorite episodes of the Simpsons are the ones where there's an inter-family drama or a a problem. Mm. Um, It's so good. Yeah. Some of it, because, some of the Thanksgiving episodes, like the 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 main Thanksgiving episode, I think of is the one where Bart wrecks the centerpiece mm. and ends up going down to the homeless shelter on the wrong side of the tracks and having Thanksgiving dinner there. But mm. like that family interpersonal drama back when The Simpsons did that kind of thing. 
I mean, it's just surprising because when The Simpsons came out, people said it was so bad for family you know, values, families, family values, and it's it couldn't be the most like it's just that the fact that it's realistic and people didn't want to see that they wanted to see yeah sort of the old style Christmas um, special where you have that set and all those people who don't stop smiling and sure you know that they they wanted that but in making the characters more realistic they just made it so much sweeter and real and. Yeah. Uh, I love The Simpsons. I was going to say, I will say, like, um, American TV shows, I feel, uh, do, and maybe it's just because we have that slightly romanticized view of Christmas in America, like we were saying earlier. But, like, I think of, like, episodes of Friends, which is a show I have a lot more problems with now than I used to. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, Phoebe, for example, like, has her own tragic stuff with Christmas. Just like, oh, yeah, well, there was the Christmas where <laughs> my mum passed away and my, oh, was that, somebody passed away and my dad killed himself. It's just like, whoa, okay. Sheesh. But, like, mm-hmm. most, Chris, most TV shows, when they have their Christmas episodes, it does they do come back to it's about family it's about togetherness and as uh as regular listeners will know that is jade's jam mm, like yeah give me that found family goodness and watch me sob so i think that's part of why i like christmas episodes is because they tend to lean into those themes even if stuff goes really wrong and like they're left with nothing except each other they still yeah. have each other I think Christmas episodes tend to really focus on what makes the characters, why the characters still are together. Yeah. Um, it, they often have a sort of element of character study. They don't tend to go off on a wild, um, mm. I don't know, but I mean, they sometimes do, but sure. just, the ones that really res- resonate with me, I just think about all the characters, like the final shot of a Christmas special where all the characters are together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it it gives me warm fuzzies. I I I think that's always a nice place to end it. I, I was going to list a few like Christmas specials I like, but there's no point. Yeah, we can talk about it next time because I think our next episode. Yes, our um, we want to Halloween. Do a- yeah, our Halloween vox pop was really really fun and great, and I think we want to do something similar. So it's a festive. No box vox pop. And we appreciate that actually festive season is normally a time for things that come in boxes. But yes. it's still no box with us. So don't worry about spending money on gift wrap. Just send us your questions. Mm-hmm. I'm so smooth. Um, I am so good at podcasting, <laughs> you guys. We'll make a post in the uh we'll make a post somewhere and we'll make sure people know where to send questions. Yeah. But um yeah. If you want to get in contact with us individually. Uh, on Twitter, I am at jdoxfordrose. I'm at Hamish Steele. Um, you can get in also in contact with Box Not Included on Twitter and Tumblr at Box Not Included. Mm-hmm. We also have our Facebook group, um, which is where most of our Halloween questions came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so get on board that. Just search for Box Not Included on Facebook. And you can also send us an email at boxnotincluded at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we want to give a shout out again to Graham Waller. We talked enough about Glitter Wolf in the break, um, but he is audio overlord and master of the sound waves. He composed our theme music. He helps produce this podcast. We wouldn't sort of be where we are without him. So, yeah, send him a little uh, seasonal love. Maybe buy the album. Maybe don't. Maybe just check out his work at GrahamWaller.com. But that's it for the episode. So until next time, I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. 
Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> and don't let anyone box you in. <laughs>